Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Again, that's paratruthradio.com forward slash paratruth. Go check it out. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Heidi. And today we got a really awesome show for you guys. We're going to get right into it here, but uh, I wanted to just bring this up. Uh, it's a topic that's kind of tossed around a lot in uh, mainstream media now, as well as uh, the paranormal field, and it's kind of frowned upon in the Christian circles. Uh, but what we're going to be talking about today is mediumship. And it's interesting to get into because there is aspects of on both sides where I, in the Christian side, it's kind of frowned upon. Like I said, on the other side, it's kind of mainstream right now. There's so many psychic shows. I, I honestly cannot count on my hands how many reality psychic shows there are now. It's kind of baffling to me. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting, too, because maybe 10, 15 even 20 years ago, it was way more taboo than it is today. So it'll be pretty interesting. And I decided to bring Heidi on with me because she is a former medium. She was in the biz for how many years, Heidi? Oh, um, at least 12. At least 12. Yeah. So it, one thing I wanted to ask right off the bat and it it's something that I've kind of thought about just because I have become a medium in the past eight nine years and I, I've never shut it off I don't know if there's a way to shut it off after coming to Christianity and and kind of understanding on the Christian side it's really really frowned upon were you able to change it around for yourself at all you mean shut it off like you were well, talking about? Well, not necessarily shut it off, but ha- ask for God's help in maybe um, not turning it off, but uh, kind of silencing it a little bit when you, you, you're trying not to use it. Oh, yeah. And I think maybe my experiences were so, so, like, I mean, I had issues from three, four years old on, and mine were weighing more on the heavy side because I started to get into dark practices. So when I started finding out scripture in the Bible about, you know, what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do, 
I basically was saw that as my free ticket to like stop completely. And I asked God to just, I wanted everything to stop because I couldn't deal with it. Um, and I mean, it, it, without getting like all like, you know, Bible study on you, but it, it didn't stop right away. Um, because it got to the point where I had sought out so many avenues of mediumship that it was like every, it was like a revolving door. I, there was no way it could be shut. And so when I didn't want it, when I did want it, and then it was just things that I didn't want to know or didn't want to hear, got to the point where I couldn't even look out a window at night because I, I know things, see things. And so I just wanted it to stop and it didn't right away. Um, but there were, I, there were things I had to do. I had to close off, I guess, certain things that I had done in order to tie those loose ends, I guess. Okay. Now, you said you you had multiple facets of of mediumship, and I want to get into that. But you you said at an early age you were start you were already having uh, things happen, and one thing that I've kind of remembered over the years now is I don't remember from an early age. Quite honestly, I cannot remember past my teen years. I don't know if it's just uh, me just repressing memories because, I mean, quite honestly, I I didn't have a horrible upbringing, so I don't know why I would. But um, from the age of 13, maybe a little bit earlier, um my parents were having problems and at 13 they got divorced and I started seeing a psychiatrist and the one, th- one question that was on the questionnaire was, do you see things that aren't there? And I was going to answer yes. And I, I don't remember if I did or didn't, but my mom saw it and she's like, what are you talking about? I said, um, I saw this lady like walking down the street in, very old looking attire, like from the 1800s. And I want to say there were other instances and my mom's like, you can't say that. They're going to think you're crazy. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, but it happened. It's not happening all the time. I'm not seeing them nonstop. It just happens randomly. So thinking back to that and, Knowing what I know now, I kind of feel that I've always been this way. I just kind of grew out of it for a while. And then when I decided to focus it, it came in full circle. But my mediumship didn't get to the point where I could hear spirits. I can just feel when they're around. So I guess you can kind of call me more of a sensitive. And I've kind of honed in on certain things and I don't one thing that I'm confused with this and maybe you can shed light on this is some people call it psychic medium some people call it medium some people call it psychics is that like three different things or is it all pretty much the same thing um I think there's different aspects of mediumship in general and like you were saying earlier there are just so many shows and so many books and just movies and everything. And I think everybody has an opinion and then they, they form their own titles and, and things like that. So 
what's one thing to you and I, maybe something to somebody else, even though we're really talking about the same thing. Okay. Like um, an example is when we're talking right now, we're talking about mediumship. And to me, mediumship is an action versus like it is something that you would go out of your way to do or to be. And like from what you're saying, it just was something that sort of was always there. So, yeah, it sounds like you were always sensitive and then you sought out doing it, which would turn you into a medium. Okay. Because there's a lot of people who who try and then they're unable, they're unsuccessful. So, you know, I just, I think that you're just a very sensitive person to spiritual aspects. And I think mediumship is just going out and, and trying to be that medium, you know? Okay. Now, you were having experience at a very early age and I'm sure everybody's heard about it because we've had you on before to talk about it, especially with the book Daughter of Siva. Um, but kind of refresh everybody what was going on at like three, four years old. Um, at three, four years old, I, I was really sensitive to um, actually the first thing that started was like I was able to predict earthquakes and and weird weather. Like I knew, like I would just know a storm was coming or an earthquake. I lived in California at the time. Um, but that, that's not necessarily mediumship, but that's what sort of started my awareness of things happening. Um, but then my very first memory would be spirits coming to talk to me. And I was thinking they were real people, but they just weren't seen by the, my family members. And it took years before I realized that these were, you know, AKA ghosts or, or however you want to view them. And, uh, so at that point I just needed to know more. So I sought out different ways to figure it out because, you know, like you said, it was taboo. This is back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you didn't talk about that stuff. Right. Now you eventually found out that your family was kind of a part of this for a long time as well. Right. Yeah, I found out, um, and it was weird because I I had a um, a family member who was diagnosed with schizophrenia because they were hearing from uh, you know different spirits and some dead family members, and so they were put on medication at a young age. And um, I didn't want to be labeled as a schizophrenic or the you know the crazy kid in the family, so I never told anybody. And then. In the beginning, like you were saying, you know, kids are so open and honest and they're just going to say, hey, I saw this. I heard this because kids know they're innocent. They don't know not to what to say, what not to say. And uh, so I never would tell anybody. But then when I started experiencing things that I didn't understand, I would come and ask my mom and her and my dad were like, oh, no, you know, that's not real. And, you know, you don't want to tell people that you're just seeing things or make up excuses but then I would hear my mom in my dad's conversations because I was like a classic eavesdropper. Yeah. <laughs> so I would listen to them and I would hear conversations where my, my mom would say things like, you know, maybe she's like me. And then my dad would say, you know, don't, don't encourage her. We need to stop this now. So I was, I was too young to, to grasp the depth of that. And then later in life, I find out that all those years I was told I was wrong and I didn't want to be crazy that my mom, my aunts, my grandma, my great grandma, and everybody on my mom's side were very sensitive and they had practiced all kinds of forms of divination and mediumship. And so there's obviously those doors were open to me without my choice at a very young age. Right. 
a lot of people say it, it goes through the bloodline. Absolutely. Um, now, was your father like a religious man? Was he a practicing Christian or, or was he Jewish or anything like that? Uh, well, I was raised Catholic, but it was more for, uh, I guess, title ship and, and, you know, Sundays and holidays and stuff. But there was no <laughs> like most, real... Like most Christians today. So, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder, like, was he scared of it, what your mom could do? Is that why he was, like, telling her not to say anything to you about it? Oh, for sure. Because he and I had had a conversation much later in life about it. And it to that, I mean, to the day that he died, it, it scared him. He didn't want to know about it, didn't like it. Um, he never shared with me any experiences that he had. But I, for some reason, he was absolutely terrified of anything to do with spiritual stuff. Okay. It's interesting because... A lot of people are scared of it, but at the same time, those that are scared of it tend to seek it out as well. I know. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Not that that was your dad's thing, but a lot of, a lot of, I mean, at, I would say around 20, 21 ish, um, my ex-wife and I went to the mall and there was a palm reader and tarot card reader there and, um, I had her read my palm and it was kind of a, a novelty thing. And I, I think it's probably still, especially for the ones that do it at fairs and that sort of thing. Um, and it, I was, I was kind of freaked out by it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, let's, let's just do it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the one thing that I still remember to this day is, after she had done me, I I want to say that she did an aura reading on my ex-wife. And, and that's why she's your ex-wife. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we won't we won't get into why she's my ex-wife. But uh <laughs> I forget what color she said her aura was, but she said it's like it's I I think she said green, but it's like it's like um got blackness in it like a dark darkness to it but i can i can do an aura cleansing for you for 250 dollars. i'm like okay like yeah i and you know i've come to understand some stuff today and a lot of my opinions differ with eric's and i'm sure the stuff that you believe now is not what i believe today um but when somebody says, oh yeah, I'll charge you $250 and we'll just scrub your aura clean like it's no big deal. <laughs> that makes me question things. And, uh, that, that's kind of where I was at that point in my life is like, okay, yeah, you know what? Thanks for the palm reading, but we're just going to go. You're not getting $250 out of me. And the sad part is, oh, is yeah. I'm really gullible and I, I, give money where I probably shouldn't. But at, I was like, no, sorry. Thank you, though. Um, <laughs> at least you knew not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing that, you know, getting into this episode with you was, you know, I've thought about it a lot, and there are a lot of charlatans out there 
And I think that's one of the biggest things that the Bible talks about with that is because I, I can't remember the actual verse, but it says, don't seek out mediums and psychics and something to the fact that their charlatans are, are fakes, right? Right, right. Okay. Um, and you know, a, a lot of mediums that aren't out there do like, for example, like we were saying, I, I was feeling stuff at an early age. At an early age, you, you were not just feeling stuff, but you were predicting things and it kind of runs down the bloodline. And there are people out there that are unwillingly doing it or do it not for profit, just trying to help or understand things. And the charlatans are giving them a bad name in the mainstream part of it, not the Christian side. And I've thought about a lot of that, and it's like as many, um, like we were saying, shows that are out there, like, for example, Long Island Medium. Uh, it's on TLC, and I see advertisements for it all the time because Shelly and I watch um, My 600-Pound Life, and there's something else on there that we watch. And it's like, it's not reality TV because they're they're basically creating drama to get ratings. And I almost feel like those are, are the people that have a lot of problems in the spiritual sense too. Sure. Because, um, there's, there's a, a psychic that I met a couple years ago doing podcasting. Uh, actually not a couple years ago. It was like, five years ago, six years ago. And um, she ended up having a aneurysm in her brain. And she claims it to be from a, um, a chiropractor. And I thought about it a lot. And folks, this is just my opinion. But she, she was what I call a media whore. She was out there on several, uh, ghost hunting shows and reality shows. Um, and I feel that when you're abusing it so blatantly that you're kind of struck down because of it. And it's, in a sense, that's why I'm kind of glad that you got out of it because now that we're friends, I would have hated to not ever meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, getting into a little bit of what you were doing as, as a medium and as a psychic, uh, you were doing readings and you were a part of a radio show doing readings for quite a while, right? Um, no, actually, I never did readings on the radio. I oh. did them through a phone psychic line. Okay. Um, I did a radio show um, regarding like ghost hunting and stuff, like giving advice about what to do and what not to do. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I was I because I started at such a young age and I started checking out books, um, which there were very very few. I mean, there was no occult section because that was like taboo. Um, I think it was like in a witchcraft section, and it was like maybe like four books. You know, like they didn't have a lot back then. But I would check out what I could. 
And so I was learning from a very small, narrow area. And at that time, it was basically, you know, dark stuff. And so I I got tarot cards, and I was reading tarot cards. I was at like 11 and 12 years old. I was actually teaching little kids in my neighborhood how to do tarot cards and to put people in trances and stuff, just based off these few resources that I had, because I did it all the time. Um, and then I started doing tarot cards. Like um, I'd go to like little um, pubs and things like that, like on a Sunday, and I would read. And um, when I went on a train ride to Montana, I did it all the way there and all the way back. So here and there where I could for friends. Um, but then I got um, a good psychic gig through a phone psychic network. And then I also worked um, separately for an online psychic thing. Um, but you know, I really felt that I was trying to help people and doing the right thing. But then what they would do is, you know, I was making a lot of money. And I actually felt guilty about taking so much money from people, you know, based off their problems and, and their wanting to know things, even though I was trying to help. And it still wasn't enough money for these companies. Then it was, we well, need to get them to sign up for these uh, programs and these groups and these clubs. And, and I couldn't do it. I was like... I felt like I was being so dishonest, even though, you know, they're like, well, they're calling, you know, you're not telling them anything that's not true or what you don't think. And they try to, you know, compromise someone's true beliefs for their game. So, you know, and then uh, I think I told you once before, and I probably mentioned it online too, I mean, on air that, you know, I was supposed to be a, uh, a psychic on a, um, a cruise with um, James Van, was it James Van Prague? Mm-hmm. And I am not a fan of his already because of things that I know. And I turned down a free cruise and all this money I could have made, you know, based on that, because money is in everything. And so I really had to just separate myself, I separated myself from the business before I separated myself from the mediumship. Right. Because you, you and uh, Scott were running the uh, paranormal team and, as you, as the leading psychic, right? Right, right. And, uh, that's, that's one of the interesting things is that's what kind of got you out of it as well is doing that because of something that happened during an investigation, um, which was a possession, right? Right. Yeah. You and I, you know, think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> We've done it so many years and, you know, it's nothing like a demon taking you over. <laughs> yeah, it was it was those probably the scariest moment of my entire life and um it was it was life altering and it was that moment that I realized out of all the things I've read and all the things I've done and positive and negative um I still didn't know what I was doing even though I thought I did. And because the the spirit had left me and gone into the client that we were trying to help at that moment, I thought that this guy could have died because he started going into a seizure and convulsions. And at that moment, I'm like, oh, my God, I could be sued. What if this guy dies? It was just it was, the whole situation was scary. And we needed to find not just answers, but we needed to find truth. And that is how what led me to Christianity. Now, had anything ever happened before that doing it? Um, no. Like I mean, that? I've had I've had. um like, how should I put it? I've, like, I've gotten marks, I've gotten hits 
by spirits and things like that, but I've never been taken over by a spirit. And that was probably the worst, you know, experience ever. So that was it for me. <laughs> I was done. Well, I mean, regular people, like regular ghost hunters have had that. I mean, according to the TV shows anyways, all of them have been hit and scratched and pushed. Um, but I, I mean, personal people that I know too have had that stuff happen. So it doesn't necessarily have to be your medium to have that happen really. But yeah. I think that the possession is a, a big part of it. And I also think, you know, we hear about these possessions, um, you know, of people and then they, you know, this, this, the real cases and like nine times out of 10, they, they're dead. So you can't speak to them. Mm-hmm. And I, even though it was the worst experience of my life, I also call it the best because I was given a taste of, of what really happens and able to come back and talk about it. And the one thing I don't hear on television, and I'm not saying that everybody's situation is the same, but I'm sure like, you know, possession in general has to be basically some common denominators. And the one thing that I've never heard anybody say um, from these ghost hunter shows when a spirit takes them over or they speak or whatever is the, um, how do I put it, the personal experience that you have, not the outwardly where everybody can see and, oh, you know, I felt fear. You have a personal experience uh, spiritually with a darker spiritual world or maybe just a spiritual world in general that affects you. And I, you know, I can, I'm not going to get into everything, but it is in my book. And it's like, it's that experience is what will shift you because it's not just a physical thing. It is a mental and emotional and an internal physical thing. So every aspect of your being is affected, not just what people see on the outward side. And that's never discussed. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Yeah, it's one... We had a guest on, um, I don't know if you had heard the episode with Carl Payne, uh, The Battle Effects Not All. Not yet. I'm still trying to catch up. <laughs> so many awesome episodes. Um, he... Had to, I, we had talked to him about uh, spiritual warfare, and we got into um, possession and, and oppression. Uh, and the one thing that uh, we had talked about with him was that if people aren't ready to be helped, he couldn't help them with with exercising a, a demon or anything like that. And it was a really powerful statement because. 
so many, like I talked to Eric at the end of the episode, how so many people have tried to exercise without even knowing if these people were truly possessed, first and foremost. But, um, like you had brought an article to me where I, it was in South America. I can't remember the exact country, but they had burned a woman to death to try to exercise a demon. Um, the, the woman that poured bleach down her daughter's throat because she believed that she was possessed. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, first and foremost, if they, if they were possessed or being oppressed, they didn't, as far as any articles showed, didn't come across and say, Hey, mom, dad, brother, sister, I feel like there's something spiritual going on. Um, and in your case, in, in this particular case, anyways, um, at that point, did you guys know it was a demon by chance or was it just like a ghost hunt type of deal? Um, they knew just because, um, I, I knew something wasn't right. It actually, believe it or not, it actually started before we even got there. Um, cause we had been to the house before to, to make sure it was a valid case. And at that point I knew there was something evil there because I, I sensed it. I, I felt like I could see it. Um, but you know, sometimes you, you get all, you're not even sure if it's you or, or if it's a, a real thing. And so we went back a few days later, I think it was three days later. And on the way there, I wasn't feeling right already. So it was like something was already with me. And when we got there, they had talked amongst themselves. The team had talked amongst themselves and they said, something isn't right. You know, Heidi isn't acting normal. I I guess I was really flushed. My eyes were glossy. Um, and I knew something wasn't right. And I did not feel that a, a spirit of a, a person who has passed on, and I still believe that a, a spirit is of a person is not able to overcome another person. Right. I don't believe that they have the, the ability to do so. So when there is um, a physical possession like that, um, I believe it is only demonic. So at the time, I knew um, because of what I was experiencing. So even though I was outwardly doing things, I was, it was like I was sitting back watching myself do this and I knew what was going on. I knew I was feeling evil. I knew the thoughts I was having and it's, it's not a normal kind of spirit thing. Mm. And they knew too, just because, um, one of the things was, uh, I, I was laughing in a mocking way and I guess my voice had changed and they said it was like an evil laugh. And so, I mean, you know, put two and two together kind of thing. So they knew right away. So your voice didn't really change or anything. It was just like the 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 way that you were laughing. Uh, well, they said it was a deeper laugh, like a cackle. And well, I feel uh, like I you ha- cackle anyways, but I do. I laugh like that now. <laughs> I'm like I don't. It's like, I don't know because I wasn't like I was there, but I wasn't. <laughs> but they said it was like a hee hee hee. But they said it was like lower. It was like a um. I I think my husband said it was more like a. I had more like a, the tone was different. And they said that my eyes, he said my eyes had gotten like um, dark. And I have like a, a hazel kind of color eyes. So he said they were dark. And so it scared him because nothing like that had ever happened. You know, so no one knew what to do. Right. Well, and um, 
Wait, did you just tell me I cackle, Justin? <laughs> All right. You're, that's your flightiness. You didn't even hear what I said. <laughs> okay, I know. I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, the one thing that I, I've always believed, and this is going back before I turned to Christianity again, um, was that even as a psychic medium, whatever you want to call it, that not only human spirits, but demonic spirits would be attracted to you because you're different than everybody hot. else. <laughs> That's why they're like, hey, they're like <laughs> if I'm going to possess anybody, it's going to be her. Th- this is, this <laughs> is the one. She's the most gorgeous person out of this entire group. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's why you were possessed. You're vain. <laughs> I, it is. It is a sin. I'm. I'm here to say I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we. I mean, people that have these types of abilities. I'm not going to call them gifts because, quite honestly, I'm not sure that it's a gift that you can talk to to spirits or or demons or whatever. Um, but the people with these type of abilities are seeked out whether you believe they're demonic spirits, whether you believe they're human spirits. And I always wondered if it was easier for psychics to be possessed in your particular case. It, it must've been true because it it hopped or I, I guess it wasn't possessing you right away, but probably oppressing you before you got there is what I'm assuming. Right. Right. That's what I think too. Okay. Um, now, when you guys actually got there and it jumped into you, what happened that flung it out or, or made it shift to the, the client? Well, at the time, our team was comprised of different beliefs, different people with different beliefs. Um, my husband and I were the only um, people who had a, I, I wouldn't say we were Christian because we weren't practicing Christianity, but we did believe in God and the Bible. Okay. And we knew it had power just based off our upbringing in general. Um, but we had two ladies who were Wiccan, and we had another girl who was agnostic who sort of just practiced some different things. Um, and when when that happened, my husband had no clue what to do, so he turned to them because they had experience. So they tried sage over me, and then they tried some kind of, I don't even know some like ritual or whatever, and that didn't work. And then my husband was like, oh, screw this. Like, I need my wife back. So he said, he just busted open the Bible and started reading out of Psalms because that's all he knew to do. And so he did that for about five minutes, and that's when it left. Hmm. And then it went to the guy. So this is going to be an odd question, and I, I honestly don't know how I feel about it, but um, do you feel that demons are only affected by belief in, in Christ and in the Bible? Yes. Okay. Um, only because of what I've experienced and what I've seen, um, in conjunction with what I know in scripture. So it's, it's both. Right. Cause it's happened to you. Okay. Right. I, um, you know, like there's a scripture that says that even the devils believe in Jesus and they tremble. And so 
they're very well aware of the power of faith and of the word of God. And when it's used, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And when you speak the word of God, they have to flee. But you first have, it says, um, a lot of people quote that scripture, resist the devil and you will flee. But that's not how the scripture goes. It says that you have to submit yourself to God first. Then you can resist the devil and he will flee. You can't just resist the devil on your own. So, you know, they have a lot more power and dominion that people give them credit for. And on the same token, people give themselves more credit than they deserve. So you can't underestimate the power of demonic entities, but you can't overestimate our abilities either. Because without God, we have no power and authority over demonic beings. You have to go to the one who has power over them, and then he will do justice. But we on our own cannot, and, and that's I feel very strongly about that. Okay. Now, when you were a practicing medium, and I've seen this happen um, a couple of times because I was dating somebody who uh, was was a medium, and she would always go to the Bible and point out scripture that says that we are able to to be mediums um did you ever do that in in your when you were doing that i used the bible as a reference yeah as to why you were you were allowed to do that basically yes yeah i didn't necessarily know of any particular scriptures um when i was doing that but i did i did use god as a a crutch like i you know because i to me, I'm like, I'm a good person. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not doing anything dishonest. I had no solid knowledge of the Bible, so I didn't know I was doing anything wrong according to God's word. And, you know, sometimes people take things out of context, and I know, you know, yes, we are able to to be mediums to the spirit world, but just because you're able to do something, I mean, you can also shoot somebody in the head. That doesn't mean that you should. And so we're able to. You know, according to God, he says if we if we turn to them or seek them out, we're going to be defiled. And that's if we seek out mediums and spiritists. You know, and then, you know, he talks about it's detestable to him if you do that kind of thing. So if you go out of your way, because he wants to be, you know, he God wants you to seek him out. And also, I, I believe that God's trying to prevent people from possession, you know, and I, I it's dangerous to us. And so I think he's trying to prevent whole world of hurts. Yeah. Another thing that uh, I was thinking about today coming up on this episode, and it's something that I, I still believe as of right now, is that first and foremost, I do believe human spirits are here. Um, I, I, A lot of people, especially some fundamentalist Christians would say, we are either brought to heaven or hell, you don't get a choice. But I, I feel that people that don't know what lies beyond feel that they can't pass on and they don't. Or maybe people that don't believe in, in heaven and hell or, you know, whatever. Um, doing this for as long as I have, as far as just paranormal investigation, paranormal research, and doing some of the mediumship stuff, um, I, I do feel that regardless of what you believe, it is a dangerous situation, especially if you're constantly seeking it out. 
whether it's demonic or human spirits, because even if it's human spirits and you're, you're talking to them, you're, you're trying to get information from them. Um, there's a good chance you're going to be followed home. Yeah. I mean, that's just common sense for real. Yeah. And I've kind of changed my, the way that I would, I would do a paranormal investigation because of that as well. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of um, false information out there that people sort of cling on to for whether either they believe it or they want to believe it or it or like you said earlier, it's just a fad. But a lot of people say, "Well, I, I protect myself and I do this and I do that," but there's no real solid evidence that we can protect ourselves. We're sort of like low on that food chain, mm-hmm. and so for people to think that they can protect themselves by, you know, simple little things. I, I don't think that's true. Just because something doesn't happen to you at the moment or even maybe for months doesn't mean that something won't. So I feel like when, when you are on an investigation and you open yourself up to that type of situation, it's like leaving that front door open. You just, you don't know what's going to come in. And Well, and... The only reason I believe what I believe is kind of like something that happened with, with the possession with you. I, I think I've shared this story with you. I, I know I've shared it with the, the listeners. Um, when Eric and I had our investigation team in Ohio, we were asked to do Jeffrey Dahmer's house, the one he grew up in. And I was, well, we all were sitting in, what was his garage, it had been converted into a living room. And that's where he murdered Stephen Hicks. And we were talking with a ghost box, and I had asked, are you here? And somebody was just listening. It wasn't audible to everybody uh, through the ghost box. And he, something said yes. I, I don't know if it was him. But um, then I said, okay, prove it. And I felt something like caress my neck and I'm like, okay, wow. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. I, I got to go outside for a minute, guys. I can't <laughs> handle this. Um, and then, um, we left, went to Eric's house cause that's where I had parked my car. And, uh, Eric and I talked for a few minutes and then I, I was going home cause it was really early morning and I went to get in my car and I heard in a very low voice, hello, Justin. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm surrounding myself by, by the light. You know, Jesus compels you to get the hell away from me. Um, and eventually whatever I said worked and he's like, goodbye. And that was it. And I'm like, Okay, I'm getting in my car. I'm going home. I don't know if that really happened or not. I'm tired. Um, but I, I mean, there's been instances after that that it's like, okay, you know, there, there's obviously something to this because if I said, if I did the white light thing, that didn't work. And then I'm like, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. Whether it was a human spirit or not that you're saying it to and they fled. Obviously, they must know something about Jesus if they're fleeing. So, right. Um, 
that's one thing that I've kind of clung to is if I'm feeling something around, I immediately start praying because that was the one thing that worked for me. Yeah, the white light worked for me for some time. And um on occasion, I, I still do white sage smudging and that sort of a thing. Um, but uh, on the episode of, um, with, with weapons for battle, we One talked about it. One of my favorite episodes it. ever, just want to say. <laughs> um, that was so good. and you know, Eric had even said, I still use the white light, but I, I use it in the sense of it's, it's God's light, basically, is what he was saying. So I, I found it fascinating just to hear him say that, but that's something you're kind of taught. In, um, I wouldn't say psychic medium school, but even doing, uh, paranormal investigations and stuff that you see on TV is, you know, surround yourself with the white light or use this or that. And, um, it's, it's something that still sticks to me. And I, was that stuff that you kind of used when you, when you were practicing? Um, no, I never. I never asked to be relieved of anything, whether it was good or bad, um, when I practiced because um, I didn't know you could. Like, I, I felt that um, in my head I had invited it either way, and it just came with the territory, and I needed to deal with it. Um, so I never asked. Uh, but later in life, when I was trying to find ways, uh, right before the, I turned to Christianity, um, I had heard about the, you know, the technique with uh, the white light and stuff, and it. I never found anything effective, whether it be smudging or, or things like that, when we were doing um, investigations and the other girls were uh, doing those techniques. Um, I never found anything effective, and that was probably why I so strongly turned to Christianity, because I had immediate effect, and it's never not worked. Um, and, the you know, the one thing with the with the light is, um, you know, when the Bible says that even the devil can come as an angel of light. So it was like I, I used certain scriptures to, I guess, know what does not work. And then I used certain scriptures to know what does work. And so I sort of chip away and, and sort of mold what what I feel. And I've never had an issue after that. So, But at the time, I, I just sort of accepted it, thought that, you know, as good as it gets. And not realizing there was a connection between mediumship and and, you know, illness and migraines and, and, uh, fibromyalgia and all these things that I was finding a link to. And it's, it's just so common and people don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I do believe that, um, the spiritual can affect the physical in that way. Um, but I do also believe that we, we are a fallen people and, and we, are kind of getting into that ourselves because of what happened. Um, right. And, but the spiritual can still affect it, even though you're, you're, for example, you're diagnosed as a, um, like cancer. You're diagnosed with cancer and, uh, a demonic entity can attach onto that and just bring you that much more down to the point that, you're ready to die. You don't want to do the treatments or anything. So. Oh, sure. Absolutely. 
I mean, even even the Bible talks about there's there's uh, spirits of fevers and spirits of palsy, spirits of um, self harm. So I mean, it's you know there's all kinds of things, but yeah, and then there is also physical issues, and then how we react to those, we can render ourselves weak, mm-hmm. and we're like a target, you know. Yeah, I was trying to think of the Bible verses that my ex girlfriend used to use. Um, the one that she would always use was, oh, um, the gifts of spirit, I believe. Mm-hmm. The gifts uh, of the spirit. Um, and she would basically say, hey, that, that's saying that you're a psychic medium. You can do these things. And Eric, after being saved would tell her, no, you know, that's more so discerning, discerning spirits, basically being able to decipher that you obviously should not be doing what you're doing first and foremost, but also discerning if a spirit is a demon or something else. Um, I don't know if he put it in those exact terms, but that's what I was kind of getting from it. Um, From your perspective of that perspective, particular passage is that what your kind of understanding of it is what eric was saying yeah for sure um because the gifts and then one thing is when we look at scripture we have to look at um and i know a lot of people use different um different parts like different volumes of the bible and different versions but um if it's a small s it's concerning our spirit but if it's a capital s it's they're talking about the spirit of god and so you have to look at that when you're reading these verses. And when it's talking about, yeah, like you said, discerning spirits, but you have to use the spirit of God to be able to do these things. If you do not have the spirit of God, then you're basically just sort of like going into this blind. And that's actually the basis of my whole book, Daughter of Siva, because I thought I was helping people. And I knew God, I believed in God, and I loved God, and I wasn't a bad person in my eyes. And so... I would go and try to help these people. And you know what? A lot of times I was helping people. And that's that's part of the ploy of demonic spirits, you know. And um, I'm not sure where I, I sit on the on the fence as far as, and we've talked about this before, I don't know um, if, if spirits of dead people are lingering here. I mean, we have a lot of evidence to me that there is. I just don't see any scripture for it. So it's, it's hard for right. me to to say either way. So I just stay away from, from it, you know, at all costs. Better be safe than sorry. But as far as demonic spirits, um, they'll tap into into you, into your weakness, and you can tap into them very easily. And when people think that they have a power that they don't, oh, they love that. They're like, yes. And, and that's what my, the whole basis of my book is about. I think one of the, the passages... Um or maybe it's not a passage, but a, a quote, um, is that the biggest deception that the devil ever accomplished was basically saying, proving that he didn't exist or showing that he didn't exist is pretty much yeah. what it, what it boils down to. And okay. If, if you don't believe in the Bible, um, if you don't believe in anything, I can see how that might 
not sound right, but from somebody who had been a Protestant, um, fell away from faith and was kind of like an agnostic, um, because at first I, I would always say, you know, there isn't anything, but it's like, okay, there must be something, but it's not the God of the Bible. And, um, coming back, it, it, that particular phrase resonates with me a lot because it's like, I've seen enough to, to say that, yeah, there's a lot of evil going on, even in the realm that you can't see. I mean, there's a lot of evil going on here on earth, let alone elsewhere, but, um, that's just something that I've always thought of when I, when I think on different things going on. So it, if there's people out there that don't think that there are unseen forces going on, um, I do think that you're very close-minded when it comes to that stuff. And that is a very bold statement, I'm sure, and I'm sure I'll probably get some flack on that. But um, from stuff that I've witnessed just as a paranormal investigator, let alone um, doing the different things that I've done in my life, I can honestly say there is something going on. So I, I think that it's um, really important that if you're doing paranormal investigation or if you're a psychic medium, um, you, you better realize that there is consequences to stuff that, that you're doing. Like one thing that Eric and I have always been really strong about after kind of understanding stuff because we used to, we used to provoke and, you know, learning a couple of things. It's like, okay, yeah, it's not okay to provoke, especially in somebody's house. Oh yeah. We used to do that too. And it was like a slap in the face every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, from being in it to coming out of, out of the business, have you noticed a difference? Oh, for sure. I mean, it was, it was rough that transition, um, because you, you really lean on a lot of ulterior, um, ways of getting answers and help. And, you know, you learn to stand on your own two feet. I feel that you're a stronger person when you're able to do that. Um, I don't believe that we are to know everything. I think it can alter our, our decisions and alter our spiritual growth. And it also can come on to our children when we practice these things. It is a, a generational curse. Um, but when you're able to break it, um, I think that you become more aware and more alive. Uh, you become more sensitive to the positive aspects. You may be um, sensitive to darker things and heavier things. Uh, when you're practicing it, but when you're able to shut off that valve, then other things become more aware. And it's, it's amazing. I felt lighter. I mean, my fibromyalgia was gone and I wasn't sick anymore, but it, it was a transition because I kept letting things linger and, and let this stay and, and I'll just try this a little more and, until it was all done, said and done. It was almost like day and night for me. 
Now, for anybody out there who either is in the business or seeking it out, what type of advice would you give them? Uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't judge people on what they do and I would never stop talking to somebody because they practice this. Well, thank God, but... because you wouldn't be talking to me forever <laughs> then, because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and people, you know, people will assume that because I'm 100% against it. But, you know, there's a lot of things I'm against. You know, I don't like drinking either, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to hang out with my friend if she's drinking a beer, <laughs> you know. So, but but the thing is, I, I just, I know the dangers of it, and I, I have to stay away from it because of my vulnerability to it. Um, and I don't want it around me or my kids because you just don't know. But I, I always say that if you're going to do something, you should always know what you're doing. And that doesn't mean, oh, I read a page on the Internet or I read a book or I followed this psychic. You know, even when it comes to Christianity, I tell people, read what you're doing because you can't go in just because you like a show or you like something. You need to research it. You need to study it out and make an intelligent decision on what you're doing, an educated decision. Because the effects, whether it be positive or negative in anything, not just mediumship, but there are going to be effects to every cause. And in my many, many, many years of my life, my family's life, people that we've helped, clients, even friends, um, there is always a negative effect to mediumship. Um, I don't feel it can be controlled. I feel that we are the ones being controlled. And it's, it's a ruse that we can control it. But I do think that God protects many people from many things. So I think that, you know, if you're going to go out and you're going to do this, um, you know, at least do it for the right reasons. I mean, at least do something good. Don't do it to to gain money and, and to steal something for somebody or make somebody feel bad. I mean, don't don't ever go that route. You know, I'm against it 100%, and I always tell people not to do it at all. But if you're going to do something like this, at least know what you're doing and, and do it for the right reasons. And I think that's a very good point because uh, – the reason I I started getting into it was because of my my, my ex girlfriend. She wasn't my ex girlfriend. She wasn't even my girlfriend at the time that I started uh, researching it and and starting to open that doorway. Um, she was just a friend. We were on the same paranormal podcast network together, um, or online radio, whatever you want to call it, and. Uh, so I, I started reading into it. I started, uh, there was a particular book that she, she had, uh, recommended to me. I, I can't ever remember the name of it, but, um, I got into it basically to impress and, and it was probably the, one of the worst reasons to get into it because I, Really had just thought, wow, how cool would it be to, to be that person? To be that, that guy on the team that could actually talk to these spirits and, you know, not have to record these things. Um, oh, sure. And, uh, one thing that it, it can even be compared to is, I mean, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing paranormal investigations or whatever, that's kind of opening the doorway for you too to these things. But, uh, doing Ouija board sessions. If you're doing yeah. a Ouija board session, you're opening that doorway. 
it it's ten times that if you're trying to become a psychic medium. So I I think that it's a very good point. Um, even though you don't believe in it, to say that hey, if you're doing it or you're even thinking about doing it at least do the research. And that's something that I've always said too. Don't just get into something. Do the research. I mean, I've told our listeners that Eric's told our listeners that about just stuff we talk about, do the research, decide for yourself. I always tell people, you don't have to believe what I believe, but at least know what I know, make a decision for yourself. Yeah. And I I think that is another very good point is, you know, a lot of even non-Christians and people that don't believe in, in any type of religion want you to believe what they believe. So they end up, for lack of a better word, preaching about what they believe. And nobody, not a single human on this earth, will change their minds because of a, a sermon, quote unquote. Um, I, I think that unless you've experienced it yourself, you can't really determine. You know, right? And if you if you have a faith without having any kind of experience, it won't hold. Right. And that that goes both ways. I mean, that even goes towards believing the paranormal. You know. People, a lot of people get into it because it's a fad, but it's not going to stay with them. Right. All right, folks. I think that is the end for our episode today. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, I just want to say thank you to Heidi for coming on to talk about this because I know it's... And I want to say thank you to you, Justin, because you're <laughs> awesome, you rock, and so does this podcast. Just throwing that in there. I know, I know you don't like to to dwell on that particular part of your past, but it's awesome that you're able to talk about it. Gotta do it. Gotta do it, man. (laughs) All right, folks. Until next week, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Heidi. Bye-bye, guys. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? 
in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. 